welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Technology Book Club brought to you by the MarTech Alliance. Each month, I chat to some of the world's most recognized marketers, technologists, and CEOs, and we talk about their books at length. This year, the first book we've looked at is Delusions of Brandia by none other than Ryan Woolman, also known by his pseudonym, Dr. Draper. If you follow him on Twitter, I'm sure you really will enjoy this book. In fact, I'll be surprised if you don't have a copy already. It's really great fun. Earlier in the week, I caught up with Ryan. We had a really good chat. Have a listen. So you've got quite an interesting background that you obviously were doctor before you became um, head of copy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so I practiced as a doctor for uh, about seven years um, before I decided to change career. <laughs> Uh, and went into medical writing originally and then gradually kind of made my way towards the creative copywriting route and, yeah, and now creative direction pretty much. But, yes, I started off as a doctor, yeah. What was interesting with that, obviously, is you've kept some of the specialism, which I think is another interesting area, that the level of kind of specificity and focus you have around your creative work. Can you talk us a little bit through that? So, I mean, I'm still very much a, um, a healthcare copywriter. So it's a, it's a, it's a, as you say, it's a pretty niche um, area of, of creative work and, and of copywriting. So I originally went into my uh, agency as a medical copywriter or medical writer, really. So, so quite a technical medical writer. Um, and, and our work is really focused on creative work for, for healthcare clients and, and mainly, well, or at that stage at least, very much pharmaceutical clients. Uh, so it's a it's a niche area and and it's not the kind of area that you can just kind of go into as a you know as a as a copywriter uh, without having some kind of scientific background and and so that's how I got into it. Um, you're, not, you're not tempted to um, sort of mix it up a little bit. I say that because obviously reading your book is fantastic. You know you've obviously managed to to capture some of the real crazy stuff that comes on that really sort of transcends industries. I uh, Look, yes, I have been tempted, <laughs> the short answer. Um, and, and to be fair, um, our agency has diversified in terms of the work that we do um, away from, away, certainly away from the specialist pharmaceutical work that, that we used to do to a more general healthcare client base and a fair bit more consumer work and so and I really enjoy that so so that's good and but yes I mean look I I think I probably because of the fact that I'm reasonably well connected on on Twitter and so on I think I, I think I've got a fair understanding of of what the broader industry is like that's probably what generates my um, my commentary on the industry, <laughs> if that's if that's fair to say. Yeah. So, so then let's jump into the book. So talk us through what inspired it, because yes, exactly as you described it, there's there's some real fantastic bits that really do kind of capture some of the sort of madness of the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, look, it was. I would never say that I went out um, to start to to just write a book, <laughs> you know, from scratch. Basically, what I what happened was that I have been writing a lot of stuff for for our own blog and writing articles on on various industry uh, sites and so on, and and doing a lot of stuff on Twitter that otherwise probably wouldn't have ever had any kind of permanency. And I eventually realised, well. 
you know, this is going to be lost to the ether unless unless I put it together in some kind of um, more permanent form. And so, so I started thinking about putting a book together, um, and put it to. <laughs> I kind of put I put it out into the ether in on Twitter. Giles Edwards, who's who's the the legend that has eventually put this book together, uh, messaged me and said, "Do you you know are you serious about this? And do you want to do you want us to design it?" That's really good. Uh, and that's what happened. And yeah, yeah. And so, and, and I sort of, you know, we, we had a bit of an exchange and eventually said, yeah, yeah, you know, we, we're, we're keen to do this for you. So that's what happened. I sent, I sent him a whole lot of manuscripts and, and stuff that, um, that, you know, to be fair, no publisher would have touched <laughs> and, and he, and he said, no problem. Yep. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll do something with this. Um, and that's exactly what they did. They, they put it into this incredible, you know, design that, that they've, that, that you see, um, in the book and, uh, yeah, it's great. I, I personally, I've got the Kindle version. Have you? <laughs> no, I'm, joking, I'm joking. It's fantastic. Like you've got to get a physical version. It is one of, it is really, really fantastically designed. Um, and it, it does just really read fantastically. In fact, funny enough, actually, so I produced Rachel, we were sort of talking about this. I think she powered through it in about three hours. Couldn't put it down. <laughs> oh, well, that's very kind of you to say. Yeah. <laughs> so what's next? Is, the, is it the tour and the workshop to make you a really famous marketer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we've talked about a sequel. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you were putting out about what, what potential would you call it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to scramble together some, you know, some of the stuff that we've done before. So I don't know. Can, can we talk a little bit for a moment about kind of the, I suppose, the the more sort of serious message behind the book, if you like, because it's incredibly playful. But underlying that, there is obviously a key message. Yeah, I think. Uh, look, I think, and this is one of the things that I say in the introduction is that I think there, I try to be entertaining with the stuff that I do, but I think there is a serious message behind it, um, and that is. Essentially, that um, that there's a lot of stuff that marketers tend to hold on to that really doesn't have any evidence behind it, um, and and this is part of the I think what I've inherited from my from my time in medicine. I, I'm just amazed that there is so there's so much conjecture that um, that doesn't have any basis to it that marketers believe, and 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 I think and I think that needs to be called out. You know, I think I'm just amazed that that this stuff kind of flies, <laughs> if you like. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of conjecture that just, uh, it, it really doesn't have any basis to it at all. And why do you think that is? Why, why do you think, because I think, um, you know, I, I, I must confess, I was reading through it and there's a couple of bits, even I have to, you know, sort of smirked at it and I was like, oh my God, I've done that. I've done that. <laughs> um, so why do we do it? Why as marketers do we get distracted, with, whether it's shiny objects or we read something that doesn't really have any core basis and we get a bit distracted from kind of like the core fundamentals? Well, I'm not sure really, but I think uh, I, I saw something the other day about um, the the phenomenon of physics envy in science, which is that, you know, other scientific disciplines uh, feel as though they need to kind of justify themselves because they that physics is the real science, you know what I mean? And and I think there's a bit of that in marketing that marketers generally don't feel as though marketing is serious enough they they need to make it more serious and i and i think there's a lot of that 
that they just generally people kind of feel a little bit ashamed of 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 what they do uh and marketing week for example has has recently focused on this you know we we need to kind of um make our industry uh, uh, we need to be less ashamed of it basically yeah yeah i think it's very true i think um you know sometimes it it doesn't get described as a profession and it is yeah. taking that taking that a little bit further if um what, what advice would you have for somebody sort of starting a career in marketing now uh i, th- I think anyone starting a career in marketing should stick to the basics is probably my first recommendation and i think the key to that is to understand the fundamental principles i i mean personally i did a master of marketing and i think it i think it changed my whole perspective on marketing because that was sort of several years into my um career as a a marketer um and it and it kind of changed everything and that was through uh the melbourne business school of which um mark ritson is was well was one of my lecturers uh, and I, and so I'm not saying that you need to do formal education necessarily, but I think um, some kind of marketing training is is absolutely essential. I would recommend that you that you do his uh, mini MBA in marketing. Yeah, which, do you know what he's launched that online program, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's that's uh, I think it's only like a 12 week um, course. <laughs> which is essentially the equivalent of, of what I did um, under him at, at Melbourne Business School. Um, it, it's, it, it's kind of that, but in a con- condensed version and, you know, without all the, <laughs> the fees of doing a master's. Uh, but honestly, I can't recommend him highly enough. Mark is, is kind of a friend of mine now, um, but he's, you know, he's a, he's a legend of, of the marketing industry and, and absolutely will uh, make you a better marketer. It's very entertaining um, as well, right? Oh, hilarious. Honestly, fantastic I, stuff. Uh, it, it, honestly, when I was in his course, it was like being in a stand-up comedy gig. Like, he's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's great. Uh, aside did, you from read that, his, did you read his recent, um, he did a, a write-up on Casper and D2C? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah that was very, very good. I write, I write all of that. Uh, yeah, he's hilarious. Um, so, yeah, I'd recommend that. Um, but kind of, you know, I, I guess studying more broadly, not necessarily in the, in the formal sense, but, um, but reading some of the, some of the greats, uh, Claude Hopkins, Drayton Bird, these kinds of guys, you know, I think you can't go wrong, um, studying that stuff. So in some ways, it's a boring answer in some ways, but I think you really, (laughs) you you do need to, you do need to actually study (laughs) what has worked in the past. and, And I, and I'm a big believer in that. So you mentioned Mark there. Uh, are there other people you think that, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's books, whether it's who, who, who should marketers be listening to more carefully? Uh, yeah, well, Mark um, Drayton, as I as I mentioned, Drayton Bird, um, Dave Trot, uh, who else? Bob Hoffman. <laughs> Um, Cindy Gallup is, is kind of one of the, one of the very interesting voices in our, in our industry, I think. Um, and, and coming from a slightly different perspective, but, um, but very important, I think. Um, who else? Uh, Tom Roach, who, uh, was at BBH and now is at Adam and Eve DDB, um, who is an amazing planner and kind of, uh, 
the new, the, well, I've called him the new king of effectiveness uh, mm-hmm. under uh, under Les Burnett, uh at DDB. So, yeah, they're, they're probably, uh, that's a good start. And then Tom Fishburne, just for good fun, right? Oh, of course. Oh, of course. Tom, yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's a couple of other really great um, accounts that I follow. Have you seen Ad Week, as in the week? Yes. Yeah, they, they, they're really, really good fun. Yeah, and, they're um, very good. There's another one we follow on Instagram, uh, Design Humor or Designer Humor. Have you checked those guys out? No, I don't think I have, actually. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a link to them. They're, they're really good fun. They, um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, they're constantly being as, as playful as a lot of the areas in your book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, do that. So we, so we talked a lot about, obviously, and the core message being about making sure that you don't get carried away with shining new toys, new channels things about substance and the importance of making sure that we do have those fundamentals in place. That said, let, let's, let's say we're talking about a large organization, they have those core fundamentals in place, they haven't got distracted. What's your view though on, I suppose, the changing nature of the industry and channels and technology and disruption? Is it a case that we shouldn't be paying as much attention to those still if we do have the fundamentals in place or is it a case of just finding the balance between these two worlds? Well, the latter is is kind of the short answer, I think. Um, I, I won't profess to be a, an expert on, on the newer channels because I'm definitely you're, not. You're not a TikTok uh, man? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but I think... But I think uh, you absolutely have to be aware of the fundamentals, uh, but also at least abreast of, of what is going on in terms of the newer channels. Um, and I saw a, I saw a um, quote to that effect um, a couple of a few days ago, actually. Uh, but I look, I, th- I think the challenge or or the yeah the the important thing is not to get caught up in that. Um, and and lose sight of the fundamentals, and I think that's that's what happens so often. Um, and but the, but by the same token, you know there there is obviously this tendency for for um, old school marketers to to dismiss newer channels. So and and probably I'm I'm probably more at risk of <laughs> of doing that rather than the former. So yeah, I look. I don't know. It's 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 really important. I, th- I, th- I think the more important thing is to not dismiss um, the fundamentals of marketing, you know, and that, and that's kind of really, I guess, the the thrust of, of what I've done with my book. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think the other thing with it is I think it's describing them as fundamentals versus traditional. I think yes. that's, yeah. that's probably one of the important parts here because when we hear traditional, we think, well, that's old, it's dated, it's no longer potentially relevant. And actually, it's not. It's about fundamentals and that core. And if you don't have that base in place, then any new shiny different channel or activity is is kind of skipping ahead before you've you've done the groundwork. Yep, I think that's absolutely right. Yep, yep, yeah, you're right. And whenever I've you know talked about traditional, I probably should have used the word fundamental. So yes, and it's I think carrying on from that as well. I think the other the, the other thing that happens is. Um, you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes some of those fundamental errors are just a little bit less sexy and they're a little bit harder work is the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, and you know, whenever, whenever you start to talk about traditional principles or traditional channels or whatever, you know, it kind of imbues it with this, 
datedness, <laughs> which which it probably shouldn't, but but you know that's that's how people perceive it. So yeah, it's a problem. So just skipping back to your book, right? You had some fantastic um, one-liners in there. My favourite was the uh, the thought leader. Describe yourself as a thought leader. You are now a thought leader. And uh, we, we might actually we might actually introduce you as a thought leader to this, by the way. Um, <laughs> what 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 really jumped out for you? What what was what was the part of the book or that kind of that key sort of playful one liner or two liners that you put out that really kind of got got the engagement, whether it was a tweet at the time or, or something that just really made you chuckle? Uh, well, it's interesting you say that actually because Giles, who who designed the book, uh, he he. I think that's his favourite <laughs> page of the whole thing, and he and you know he's talking about making it into a poster and so on. Um, I look, I I reckon <laughs> probably the the one. Well, my personal favourite is the uh, I. There's a LinkedIn parody that I did. Um, I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah, that. About, about kind of that you know the classic LinkedIn hustler. Um, <laughs> And I talked about, um, you know, my breakfast routine and the fact that I, <laughs> I snorted, snorted three raw eggs. That was it, blend, yeah. Blended with the tears of my competitors and, and that seems to have... <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about LinkedIn actually? Because what is it about LinkedIn? It's a, it's a strange place, right? So it's a, it's a first thing is, and, and I struggle myself, right? I go to write on LinkedIn and I can't be me-me. Yeah, it's it's almost <laughs> like you're doing your first ever interview and you've turned up in your best suit and you kind of need to talk as a robot or some fake version of yourself. And this, but but then when you go the other way, there, there are some posts you sort of see on there that people sort of treat it perhaps a little bit more, let's say Facebook esque. And suddenly people go, "This is LinkedIn. You don't do that here." What? What's? Yeah. <laughs> it's such a bizarre sort of space. Ah. I totally agree. I've, I've I've mentioned this a few times actually because um, you know people have asked me whether how how some of my posts go down on LinkedIn, um, and the answer is that they they go, they actually pretty much go down better than they do on Twitter, only because it's such a as you describe it's such a bizarre kind of serious place that uh when you when you do something that isn't so serious people respond really well to it so yeah i don't i I can't explain linkedin i don't know (laughs) it's it's a very strange place yeah the biggest things i see are um essentially people taking pictures of themselves stood in front of a pop-up banner at an event and you're like (laughs) what what, what is this where else whenever would you do that it's (laughs) Or video or videos in cars. Yeah, yeah you've I'm got to be in a car, otherwise you're not. Or actually, if you're walking down the street with headphones, you know, with your pods in, that that's when you're that next level as well. There's a there's a couple of good parody accounts on there that I really like. Ah, um, uh, yeah. There's a entrepreneur Mike, Mike guy. That's, that's it. There's a guy, I forget what his name is now, but he literally goes after what he describes as con artists and he literally buys tickets yeah. to their events and all sorts and does some really random stuff. I think he went to the, he went to the Gary Vee event, didn't he? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he went to that one. I think, didn't they, were they trying to find him to, to, to check yeah. out? Of, yeah. 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 Hilarious. Yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's my spirit animal. <laughs> it's good to have people to shake things up. 
Yeah. That, that said, I mean, from my side, one thing I always try and do is I try and find kind of that eclectic mix and try and find people that are in completely different ends. And it's not that I agree with every single thing from every single person. Um, there's certainly a lot of truth from polar opposite ends, I find as well, and kind of mixing those together to kind of find the parts that kind of pull you and shake you in different ways. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think that's the essence of creativity in some ways. Um, you know, if you don't have different influences, then then you're never going to be um, particularly original or interesting. Um, but and and I think that's one of the big problems with the advertising industry. As much as as much as I'm not in it per se, you know, I'm kind of at the periphery of advertising. Um, but I, but I think that's one of the big problems is that people don't have, uh, you know, a lot of experience outside the ad bubble. Um, and and that's really what you need to be able to create interesting work. Yeah. It's, it's very true, actually. I used to um, I used to work with an agency that specialised in sort of advertising for the banking industry. And one of the exercises yeah. they used to do is they would essentially take everyone's ad campaigns, um, print ads predominantly, and they would hide the logo. Um, and they yeah. would put it in front of everybody and be like, what bank is this? And no one had a clue because yeah. it's just yeah. all, you know, you just go, what's safe? What's safe? What will not get me sacked or what will get signed off? And it just becomes lazy. Yeah, it, uh, that's pretty much Dave Trott's rule. Um, you know, if you, if you can't tell, if you can't tell the, the, the ad, you know, if you could interchange it between brands, then it's, it's probably not a very good ad. Uh, but yeah, that's that's how that's how these things happen when you know when you are trying to be safe. And are, th- are there any brands you think right now that have kind of lost their way a little bit in terms of their sort of ad messaging? Uh, well, the Economist is an interesting one. Yeah, that's um, a really interesting one to talk about. Yeah, so obviously, I mean, <laughs> as we all know, their their copy was some of the greatest copy that uh, that has ever been. Absolutely. <laughs> You know, and in the time of uh, David Abbott and so on, but um, but well, I think most most of us wouldn't even remember most of what they've done uh, in the past twenty years or so. Um, but interestingly, I saw uh, a new ad from them in the last, uh, literally, literally in the last twenty four hours. So, was it the chamber one? Uh, no, it was one about um, Alexa. <laughs> Alexa, I think I think the copy is Alexa is listening. You know say something intelligent and it was kind of very very much very much in the vein of you know that that kind of tone that uh david abbott created and 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 you know what we all remember from those great economist ads um so so that's an interesting one that that it's they've kind of almost they've obviously decided that they're going to go back to you know their their heritage and and do what they did so well um but in but <laughs> Into, well, what what others have lost their way? That's a good question. The, the, economist, um, the economist is an interesting one, actually. Though I, I agree, it's um, definitely it's kind of the standard in terms of real quality. So, so actually, on the way into work today, I saw an, an ad from them, just a um, Old Street roundabout, the Silico roundabout, terrible name, Silico roundabout, and it was um, don't get caught in the echo chamber, 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 which I thought was very smart. Again, it was sort of going back to that really sort of traditional smart thinking. Um, very nice. And yeah. funny enough, actually, I, I know the uh, former head of MarTech over at The Economist, 
And it was interesting, yeah. sort of spent a long time chatting with him. We, we work on a few bits together. And he talked a lot around the different kind of investment and changes that went on there in terms of actually focusing some of that cash on new channels, some of it being moved away from TV, from radio. But actually, his key thing to me was there was so much underappreciated in the reach and power of brands. The indirect yeah. response stuff and kind of a little bit getting caught up in the direct response versus actually that kind of halo and that yep. not directly tangible return. Yeah, and uh, look, you know, there's such a there's such a divide, I think, between uh, the direct response community, if you like, uh, and and you know, and the and the branding um, way of thinking, and and as. Uh, Les Burnett and Peter, and Peter Field have shown, you know, it has to be a balance of both, um, and you know, you can't have you can't have one without the other, pretty much. So yes, it's a, it's a very interesting um, way of thinking about it. And I think the Economist did it perfectly that you know they had to have this halo um, before they could have the you know the returns. Yeah, completely. Brian, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Um, for our readers, please make sure you grab a copy of Delusions of Branger. It is an absolute must for every single marketer. It's the type of book you'll be reading many times over. Thanks so much for your time, Ryan. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Carlos.